It's the Egg Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. I'm the creator of the Egg Ship. It's an outlet covering Utah State football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. Uh, you all, you you know all of this. Uh, www.theeggship.com to subscribe to see the posts. That is where the majority of the effort for the outlet goes. Um, I uh, I do my best on here, but the majority of my work goes on the website. I want to just real quick. See, because I I don't know. Uh, I think I'm probably not gonna like the answer for my own personal. Just uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, just just how I'm feeling, because it feels like it's been a lot. I want to see how many posts I have put up uh, recently. Let's see. So since the start of basketball season, which would be let's see. Let's see. Start of basketball season was November 7th. So I'm going to start on November 4th, which is when I put up the women's basketball season preview. Um, I have posted 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. No, this is riveting. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27 things on the uh, on the site. That's since November 4th. It's currently November 15th. Uh, so 27 things in 11 days. I am one person covering three teams right now. Um, I also have other things that I do that aren't covering Utah State that I'm not going to sell to you because it's a different thing entirely. But... Um, it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff that I'm doing right now. Um, like I said, the the vast majority of my effort uh, goes to the goes to the outlet, uh, goes to the written stuff. And so, if you are a fan of Utah State, if you are interested in Utah State, I would assume that you are if you're listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed. Um, it would be much appreciated. It would be it would be greatly greatly appreciated. I am doing the the absolute best that I can. I am working as hard as I can. I am putting out as much content as I possibly can. I'm putting out several stories a day, like long stories. Um, these are these are extensive stories. Um, you know, and and uh, taking photos at games and all that. Uh, and if you, so, if you're not subscribed uh, and you have six dollars a month to to spare. Uh, I'd love to have you. It would be it would be much appreciated. Like I said, this is uh, no ads. It's it's not supported by by Gannett. It's not supported by any of those any of the big uh, outlet you know owners or any of that stuff. It's not supported by ads. It's not supported by anything scummy. Uh, it's just you guys. It's it's just the readers. It's just the people who it's written for. Uh, the coverage is for Utah State fans. It's for people who care about these teams, all three of them. Uh, and if that's you and you're not subscribed, like I said, I'd love to have you. Six dollars a month. Uh, it's a good time. Here's a good time for it as we get into basketball season. www.theagship.com. So this podcast, I'm going to do things a little bit differently than I usually do on these. Usually I get on here for, for the the recap shows, and this is a, a recap show, technically speaking, because um, I'm going to be recapping games. I think I have four games to talk about since I last recorded. I'm going to be honest, I probably am not going to talk a whole lot about the men's basketball game against Bradley specifically. I have more... This is going to be wider thoughts, I think. 
about all three teams, about the football team, about the men's basketball team, and about the women's basketball team that just finished a game here a little bit ago on Tuesday night as I record this. Men's basketball team played on Monday. Football team obviously played on Saturday night. <coughs> and I feel that we are at a point here in the year where it's a good time for general thoughts, for questions that I have, for just sort of... I, I've said it before, I said it on the last show, I think this is kind of, uh, it's it's kind of audio Utah State therapy. It's one-way therapy where no one is responding to the things that I'm saying. I am just bouncing things off of you guys, the listeners, just bouncing my thoughts off of, off of you guys and, and kind of, it's really helpful for me to talk these things out, to talk through these games, to talk through these thoughts and, and, and kind of assemble more cohesive uh, opinions for moving forward, and that's kind of what this is. But I think that it is also valuable. I think that it can be. Uh, <clears throat> I think it can be helpful. Hopefully, it's helpful to sort of contextualize some things to get uh, a look at what I am seeing, uh, a, a look at just sort of where I think things are right now, where I think that they're headed, all that stuff. Um, and so that's what this one's going to be. I'm not going to be just going through stats quite as much. I'm not going to be just talking through games specifically quite as much little bit more, um, you know, just a, just a wider look, uh, you know, looking not just at the past, but also at the current, at the future, at the questions that I have about what I've, you know, at what I've seen, all, all of this stuff. And, and I think that because they have played most frequently, I'm going to start with the women's basketball team, um, which lost tonight, again, as I record this on Tuesday, 95 to 57 against Utah Tech. It was out of hand in the third quarter. It was not really close even at the end of the first half. It was like 40 to 26 or something. Um, they were never they were never really in the game, if I'm being honest. It was close at the end of the first quarter, but it was not good. It was not a good performance in the first quarter. It was, uh, you know, they hit shots and, and uh, Utah Tech hit, hit, you know, didn't hit all of the shots that it probably should have hit. Uh, and Utah State was able to stay in the game because of Mason Kimball, largely, who was who had, I think, 10 points in the first quarter or something. I said I wasn't going to read stats. Technically, I'm not reading that. I'm just remembering it. Um, but the first the first quarter was kind of a sign of things to come, I think, as they, Utah State was turning the ball over like crazy, really could not maintain possession, wasn't putting up good shots. Um, and it really only got worse from there, obviously, based on the final score. Coming into the game, <clears throat> I wrote, let me actually pull up my my preview that I wrote right ahead of this one. Um, in the stats to know, and this is not me trying to run up the score, it's just that I think it's, I think it's valuable information. Um, in the stats to know, I picked out assist to turnover rate. Mentioned turnovers being kind of a concern for both of these teams coming in, both defenses being opportunistic. The team that has fewer turnovers and more assists probably going to be more successful in this game. That was stat number one. So final here in the in the assists and then in the in the turnovers or rather the other way around uh utah state had 18 turnovers to 11 assists utah tech had seven turnovers to 11 assists that plays a role for sure that that was a part of it i think uh you'd you'd be you know 
I think you'd be fair to say that that was a part of it. Um, Utah Tech was scoring on fast breaks pretty easily, is scoring in the paint pretty easily, and that's not directly related to turnovers, but Utah State's offense was disjointed all night, and it was because it really couldn't hold on to the basketball very well. And it was not ne- not necessarily that, you know, oh, specific players were being uh, har- harassed and turning the ball over or anything like that. Like, they had a couple players with four turnovers, but it wasn't, like, Maria Carvalho was fine. She was not really being... She's not really be. She's not really struggling against the defense, and she's the primary ball handler whenever she's on the floor. She's on the floor for says thirty two minutes here, um, and she had two turnovers. She was fine. I, I I don't think that that was really the problem. It was more. It was a lot of passing turnovers. It was it was a lot of you know the passing lane is 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 clogged and they throw it anyway and it gets it gets jumped um and that was that and that is that's troubling that's a troubling you know state of affairs is it more troubling than just having your players getting ripped i don't i don't think so i think you'd probably rather that your players can dribble when they're struggling with passing than the other way around i think it's easier to teach better passing and to instill better passing than it is better dribbling. I'm not a basketball coach. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but that has, I mean, that would be my assumption. That would be my impression is that it is, um, it's probably easier to fix bad passing than it is bad ball handling. I think of ball handling as a more fundamental skill, I guess. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on that. But the tur- the turnovers, regardless, were too. It was it was too much. It was way too much. And the defense was not anywhere near opportunistic enough. Utah Tech was pretty much unchallenged for a lot of the game uh, offensively. Didn't really have to worry about it a ton. And and that's especially troubling. Because Utah Tech only played like five players in this game. They gave 13, 16 minutes to two bench players, but every starter played 30 minutes or more. And so not only was Utah State not turning them over, they weren't even tired. I mean, they weren't even really, they weren't even really struggling. It was not like, oh, they just overpowered them with talent. Like Utah State was not really in the game to, in the in the sense of like, being competitive, of, of putting up a real fight, of challenging Utah Tech. This is not like, oh, Utah, Ste- Utah Tech just, just ran them out of the gym with, with great shooting or anything like that. Like, they shot well. They, 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 you know, obviously they shot well, but it was not just that they shot well. It was not just that they were hot from the field. It was that Utah State was not challenging them in any meaningful way defensively. The defense has not been good so far this year um it's not been good in the post specifically they've really had trouble defending the hoop i think that there are some injuries in the front court that you can assign some level of blame for that and that once utah state is at full strength the the post play is probably going to improve they are asking i think too much of abby wall right now uh, and uh, she is. She has. She has struggled with that. I think with the responsibilities of needing to be really the primary player in the post and and defending everything that happens into the post and and all of this stuff. And she had ten rebounds. You know, she she had eight points and four of seven shooting. 
I thought she was pretty good, all things considered. Had two blocks, only one turnover. It's just that she's being asked to do a lot. She has to do a lot out there, and there's really only so much that she can handle. And I, I think that the <coughs> the ceiling for Prima Cellis, who has been her primary sort of backup, the other player who has played uh, in the in the post is very high. I think that Prima is, is, you know, when she's at her best, she can be a really good player. It's been rough for two games now. It's been rough in back-to-back games where not not just that she has struggled, but she has been, like, harmful. She's been harmful to the team having her out there, and there's just not many other options on the team right now. Olivia Mason played five minutes. It's better than, than against Southeastern Louisiana when she didn't play at all, but it seems like she's dealing with an injury. Um, no Shia Klopfenstein, of course. No Natalie Freely. Uh, it doesn't seem like uh, Tiaria Hill-Brown is ready to play, I guess. Same with Lillian Harris. We've not really seen either of them. They played one minute apiece in this game. Um, I would guess that that is pretty reflective of the situation there. Those are young players. I, I, I get it. Um, <clears throat> but the post is just pretty weak right now. You know, it's, it's, there's no point in sugarcoating it. The, the post play is not good. And I don't think that it's really, I don't think it's really anybody's specific fault. It's just, there's a lack of depth there and there is, uh, there, there is not uh, players who are, who are playing are being asked to to handle situations that I just don't think are fair to them. I mean, like, like Abby Wall is the best example that I can give. It's just she's she has to do too much in in this game specifically. She had to handle um, oh, what is her name? I mean, this is the, I've, I've forgotten this girl's name. Um, Emily Emily Isaacson, who is like one of the best uh, post three point shooters in the country. One of the one of the best front court three point shooters in the country. And so Abby Wall has to sort of help deal with that while also being the team's best post-actual like front-court rebounder. Maria Carvalho might be the best rebounder on the team, but Wall is the one in the post. Um, and then also being the interior defender and being a threat offensively to score at the hoop and being all of these different things, and it's just they've got four guards playing with her in the starting lineup. And I don't think, I don't think that there are, I don't think that she's being helped a whole lot. And I think that she's in a pretty tough spot, uh, in, on, on both sides of the floor, honestly. And I I think the defense is probably the biggest issue right now. I, I, I would say obviously 57 is not good and they've, they've had moments of good, to very good shooting, but it has not been consistent. It was not good tonight. It was not good at all from anywhere. Um, they've had flashes of of, uh, of of good shooting, of consistency, but not anything long-term, not anything that seemed especially sustained. They have good shooters. It's just that it's not really clicked. The offense hasn't moved the way that you would want it to. The you know a lot of the a lot of the success that they've had offensively has been based around just individual efforts, which is not what you want, and not really the way that you want to run an offense uh, without elite isolation players, which this team doesn't have. Um, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school there. There's not a lot of ISO scorers on this team. Mason Kimball's probably the best that they've got on that front, and she's not really a primary ball handler, at least not by design. I don't know that that would be fair to ask her to do that either because she's not she's not a ball handler. She's not a guard. <clears throat> you know, she's she's a she's much more of a small forward or even a power forward for this team. And that means different things. You know, she's she's still playing on the perimeter, but 
she's not Maria Carvalho. She's not a ball handler by, by trade. Um, and so I, I think that there are probably players who Utah State does need more out of offensively, but I think a lot of it is to just they have not meshed offensively yet. They've not gelled. And that brings me to the the point really that I, I think I want to make before moving on from the women's team is uh, just a state of affairs right now, a state of the a state of the union for the team. It's been three games, okay? Three games. They're one and two. They lost to both D1 teams that they've played. They were pretty close against Southeastern Louisiana, almost came all the way back. They were not close here. Utah Tech is not considered an especially strong team, but also, who knows, they have most of their players, almost all of their players back from last season. They have two uh, first-team all-whack players uh, for preseason. They, I, We don't know what they're going to be. We don't know what Utah State's going to be. We don't know what Southeastern Louisiana is going to be. There are a lot of things that we don't know. Um, and there's a lot of... There's a there's a lot of frustration with what Utah State is right now, and I understand that the women's basketball team uh, program, rather not team program, should be successful, should be winning games, should be you know a contender in the Mountain West every year. There's a there's a really really strong basketball tradition at Utah State, and there's not a good reason. There's there's nothing you can point to. There's no inherent you know issue that suggests that they shouldn't be able to win games consistently that they shouldn't be contending in the mountain west consistently there's there's investment in the program there's there's you know like i said it's a strong basketball city it's a strong basketball culture uh they should be able to win games you know it's it's not it it just it it's just how it is Uh, i would guess that most people listening to this would agree with me and that has not been the case consistently for a, a pretty long time you know, it it has been, it's been a minute <laughs> since they've had consistent winners, uh, and I, I think that it's it's <clears throat> it's hard to identify. Like I said, it's hard to identify an actual problem for that. They've never really had consistent winners. They've had moments. They've had teams that were good. You know, early twenty tens, there were some decent teams, um, but it, it hasn't. It just hasn't clicked. It hasn't been, I don't think, what what anybody really wants it to be, and I think that that is just as much a, the feeling within the school as it is without. I don't, I don't think that the frustration is not felt within. I think that uh, obviously Utah State would also really like to be winning these games and is upset that it isn't. That being said, I under, I, I, I totally get it. I'm going to do the thing that I did with football a couple months ago too. I totally get it. I understand entirely. This is an awful, awful, awful loss. They lost by almost 40 points to Utah Tech. That's a made-up school when you lost by almost 40 points. It's embarrassing. It's, it's deeply, deeply embarrassing. There were, they were talking on the broadcast early on. See, I, I think that the broadcasters, bless their hearts, probably just got briefed by Utah Tech based on the talking points in this game. There was a point in the first quarter where they were saying that this is a, this is a budding rivalry. This is going to be a game that you're going to see a lot. That shouldn't be. This I, Utah Tech is not on Utah State's level. I don't think I would be... I don't think anybody's going to disagree with me on this. This is a made-up school. This is not real. They are not an actual school. This is not a rivalry. No. <laughs> no. Come on. It's like saying that the football team has a rivalry with Weber State. No, they don't. No. 
<laughs> yeah, Utah Tech, famous rivals of, of schools on Utah State's level. No, they're not going to debase themselves to that. This is a made-up school. No, come on. No. They had a different name one year ago. They are, they, no, come on. Not going to happen. But uh, that they lost this game by 40 points. That they That they lost to the team that wants to be positioning itself as a as a rising program in the state as a as a school to take seriously as a program to take seriously and they lose that game is not not good it's not good for the state of the program i get it i totally get it it's bad it's bad for it's i mean in-state recruiting has been an issue for a couple years now it's really bad for that utah tech's got a player from logan who I think it's going to be really good. She, uh, not entirely fair to blame Utah State for this because she went to BYU out of high school. She was a good player. Um, I don't think that it was for a lack of interest, but that is the kind of thing that, like, that's how you start to build that kind of winning culture is by getting players like that. You can't have good players leaving Logan. There are not that many players coming out of northern Utah. you got to get the ones who are good. And <clears throat> that's that's troubling. It is absolutely it's troubling to see what is this girl's name? Let me let me actually figure out what her name is. Amber Karchner is the uh, is the the BYU transfer. She had six points in this game, four rebounds. She's a young player. She's going to be really good. Utah State should have her. She should be on Utah State's roster. That she was in the portal this offseason and didn't didn't end up at Utah State is troubling. I I will say I think that that is I think that's worrisome, um, but the, I say all of this to to again I really want to drive home I get it I totally understand the frustration I totally understand the concern about this game I understand the concern about the all of the, all of the circumstances coming into the season of having a brand new team having eleven new players having a, a basically an entirely new rotation you know almost every player here has never played together before it's a lot of juco players it's a lot of transfers i get it you you know people i I think are fairly upset about the fact that like a lot of good players left this offseason a lot of players who it seemed like were kind of building blocks moving forward are not here anymore and that is i think something worth asking questions about i think something worth being troubled by I get again. I get it. I get all of it. I'm really, really trying to drive the point home here. I hear you. I understand what you guys are are upset about. I totally, totally understand the frustration with the program. However, I say all of that to say, this is Kayla Arch's third year, and it's the third game of her third year. She's not going to get fired right now. She shouldn't get fired right now. It's been three games, guys. Three games. They improved last year. She did not take over a good situation. And could it have been better by this point? Yeah, probably. I don't think that you want to be turning over your roster into year three. Some of the things that she has said over the offseason about learning that it's okay to have a connection with your players, it's good that she's had that experience, but it's worrisome that this is year three and that's the thing that she's learned from year two and year one. I think that that is troubling it 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 does make me wonder what the situation was like last year and the year before um you know that it's that it's like good news that it's specifically positive that this team likes each other is also a little bit worrying to me but again 
it's year three. It's the third game. This is not the football team. This is not the men's basketball team. I, I want to drive this home. It's going to take a minute regardless of who the coach is. If you like Kaylard or you don't, uh, you you got to understand, man, it's going to take a while. You can't just build up a winning program in one year. Uh, you know, again, I, I get it. They should They should be better than they are right now. They shouldn't be losing to Utah Tech. They shouldn't be losing by this much, certainly. But there, it's still. This is a very young tenure. This is a very young tenure, and you run the risk if you don't have a a, a very good reason, an extremely good reason for 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 you know pushing a coach out after three years uh, for a program that does not have a history of of strong success. You set a you set a dangerous precedent there with other coaches. You that like I know that that's not what people I know that's what you want to hear. I understand that that is not an attractive thing to hear. That you don't want that to be the case. That it's just well you know this should be a good program and and uh, we're just showing that we want to win that we care about winning right and like yeah in a perfect world that would be what people think but coaches don't like to be fired. And they're friends with each other. Coaches are friends with each other. They're they're not they're not stupid. They're not gonna go to a job that they think would fire them after three years when it doesn't, you know, immediately work. This would be it would be dangerous. It would be very dangerous for the program to be making that kind of rash decision right now. And so the the people who are very upset about this, I think are right to be upset about it, but also understand they need to do the whole season first. There's a whole season they got to do with this. They've got 11 new players. Let them just, just let it, let it, let's see what happens. Just give them a minute, man. I, 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 I get it. It's bad. It doesn't look good. It's, it's, it's a really, really bad performance. It's been three games. It's been three games. They're, they have, they're, they're going to play, they're going to play the three game stretch nine more times this year. And I don't think there's any way to know right now that the next nine versions of this three-game stretch aren't going to be better than this one. I don't think we can say that. I don't think we know. You can, you know, you can take from these games not a whole lot positive, but I don't think that you can take that Utah State doesn't have talent. I think they do. And I don't think that you can take that they aren't... Um, aware of what's going on. I don't think that, I mean, I think that this is a smart coaching staff. I I like the assistant coaches. I like Coach Art. I think she's smart. I think that she knows what she's, I think she knows what she's talking about. And does that translate to wins? It hasn't yet. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I don't know. Again, I don't know. It's been three games. I don't think we can know yet. This is bad. This is a really, really bad result, but it is not I don't think it's the time to be to be doing this. It's not the football team. It's it's just it's just not. It's it's going to be a process. It's going to it's going to take a minute. And you know, how much longer is that is that that, you know, that tail? How much longer do you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the AD. I I would love to know. I would love for him to tell me. If he wants to tell me how long that is, I would love to know. Let him know. <laughs> Send me a message. I'd love to know. But it's not three games. 
it's not three games. You get a season with with a new roster, with a whole new roster. You get a season to prove yourself. You get a season to prove this is going to work. And, you know, lashing out against the team, lashing out against the program, uh, calling for her to be fired after three games, being mad in the replies, all of this stuff is not, I mean... It's it's a good way to vent, I guess, but it's not going to do anything. It's not going to it's not going to change anything. It's it, it's just it's just not. It's not. You can be frustrated about it. You can be mad about it. You can vent. I don't care. It's not my problem. I don't run the social media. But understand, they need to do the whole season. They need to see what this actually looks like when they've played more than three games together, and maybe it will get better. I can't say that it won't. Maybe it will. These are talented players. I've seen them play well. I think these coaches are talented. I think that they have good ideas. I think that they can have a successful program. There's nothing about this that I think is is DOA. I don't think that this is like, oh, immediate failure, obvious failure. It's, you know, it's been three games. This was a bad game. The first two games were not that bad. They won the first one in dominant fashion, and the second one they were competitive all the way through. They sh- they shouldn't lose these games. I agree. They shouldn't lose these games, but it's a whole new roster. I think that they deserve just the year to see what happens. And obviously, they're going to get that. I'm 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 advocating for something that will happen. It's like advocating for the sun rising. They're going to get the whole season, obviously. But I think that they deserve just just a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, just a little bit, just a tad, just just to see. I understand the circumstances here, the context of the fact that this is an entirely new team, whole all new team. They have two players back. And neither of them were contributors last season. <laughs> they, they just, I think that it's very easy to see this final score, to see the record, to see whatever, as somebody who doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to the women's basketball team and to just get really mad about it, to just be frustrated with it. And uh, I spent five minutes, however long ago that was, telling you that that was fine, that, that was, I get it, I understand. But understand the context here just a little bit before you go and, 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 get yourself worked up about the women's basketball team. Don't look at them for a little bit. I, I think that that is probably the best thing that people can do for this team for, for the next month or so is just give them some space. Give them some breathing room. See what they can do come this time next month. How's that? We'll come back in a month, December 17th. Probably not actually going to be December 17th, I'll be honest with you. It's hard for me to keep a schedule a couple days in advance, uh, let alone a month. But we'll come back around a month from now. We'll see how we all feel, okay? We'll, we'll, see, we'll see how things have gone. They'll have played more games. We'll see if there's been any signs of improvement. We'll see if things have gotten worse. All of this stuff, we'll just see how we feel. But right now, I would caution people who are who are, you know, really, really, really upset about what Kayla Art has done with the program and what is going on with the program and the, the state of the program, I would just caution you to just just pump the brakes for just a second. Just a second. Just pump the brakes and give them a chance. Give them a chance. I, I don't think that that's unfair. I, I don't think that that's asking too much. You don't have to watch right now. <laughs> I'll watch for you. That's my job. If you don't want to watch as they as they work through this stuff, I get it. I totally get it. But 
just don't, I, I don't think that, I don't think, I, I don't know what the right way to say this is. I don't think it's time to pull the, pull the cord. I don't think it's time to say, I'm calling it, I'm calling it, I'm low, and I, I, I'm, I'm far enough from the plane, I'm parachuting, I need to pull the cord. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're there yet. I, I think that it is patience. Patience in college athletics is something, it is a lost art. It's a lost art. And I think that that is the case here. There is value in patience. There is virtue in patience. There is There are good things that can be had from being patient. The 2018 football season would be one that I would point to. But there are countless others. There are countless other examples. And there are examples where being patient doesn't pay off. But this is a different world than football. This is a different world than men's basketball. There is nothing to be gained by being impatient right now. Nothing. Nothing. I, unless you unless you really want <laughs> Ross James to be the head coach, I guess, the interim head coach, which I I mean I like Ross James. I think he's a good coach. But I don't there's nothing to be gained right now from that. Patience is the is the is the path here. Just just give him a chance. Give him give him a give him a little bit. Give him some breathing room. Let's come back in a month and see what we're working with. Let's come back in a month and see if they've pulled some things together, if they've figured some things out. If a healthy Utah State front court looks different than an unhealthy Utah State front court. Because they have good players on this team. Maria Carvalho is a really good player. I have seen Tamaya Robinson be a really, really, really good player. Christina Oliva is a good player. Mason Kimball is a really good player. Abby Wall is a good player. I've seen it. I know that they are. The depth is a concern right now. It is. The The production is a concern right now. The turnovers are a concern. The defense, any number of things. But this collection of talent is capable of producing things that are positive. I know they are. This coaching staff is capable of producing things that are positive. I know they are. Let's take a breather. Let's, let's, let's take five. Let's all take a lap. Let's see how we're feeling in a month. We'll talk then, okay? Let's, uh, just, let's just pump the brakes. So, now that I've gotten all that out of the way, now that I've spent 30 minutes doing that, um, let's talk about the extremely good men's basketball team. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, man. I hope you can hear the excitement in my voice. These boys are fantastic. They're fantastic. 96 to 74 over Santa Clara. They blew out Bradley as well. That's three blowouts to start the season. I've got my paper box score here. I don't need it. I watched the game. I know what I feel about it. They are fantastic at everything that they do. They are so crisp. It's so clean. It's so smooth. Everything that they do, they've got full, full buy-in on rebounding on the boards, right? They've got it on defense. They've got it on offense. They've got Steven Ashworth playing really good defense. Really good defense. Steven Ashworth. (laughs) That's not usual. That's not usual. That's not his game. And he's playing really good defense. He's engaged for the entire game defensively. I'll get the injury thing out of the way now. I think that it won't be that long term. He twisted his ankle at the end of the game. I I can I am 
I am aware, I think, of what it is. I am not at liberty to say right now. I have that on actual authority. I'm not yet at liberty to say uh, because the team wants to have official, actual diagnosis before people go reporting things. I will tell you from what I know, it's not going to be a season-ending thing. It's not going to be a super long-term thing. The time frame varies for the, the thing that it is thought to be, the injury it is thought to be. The time frame varies. I don't think it's going to be that long. I, I think that Stephen Ashworth will be will be back sooner than later. I think that he will be back by Mountain West play. Um, I, I don't think that it's going to be a, a lingering issue for Utah State. It's a bummer. It is absolutely a bummer. I felt horrible for the kid on the sidelines. At, uh, that was that was that was awful. That was awful to see that. I, I I felt I felt horrible for him, like I said. But I think that he will be. I think he will be all right. I think that Stephen Ashworth will be all right. I think that he will be back sooner than later. I think that it will be okay. Okay, that out of the way. On the game itself, I I could not be more impressed. I couldn't be more impressed. They are. Uh, they are moving the ball at an incredible, you know, level. They, they, the Taylor Funk's fit in the offense is perfect. And he has unlocked, I think the last thing that they needed in this offense, which was just, he, he is always looking to attack, but he is never out of control when he does it. He's always surveying the court and, it's not that he makes the signature passes necessarily. It's not that he's just logging assists. It's that he makes the pass for the pass. He's, he has hockey assists. He's a hockey assist guy. They don't track that in basketball, but if they did, he'd have a lot of them. He does a lot of things that set up the rest of the offense to then get to the place of scoring, and he's obviously a fantastic shooter as well. It, he's electric. He I, I said it on Twitter yesterday. Um, if he stays healthy, he's going to be the Mountain West Player of the Year. He might be an All-American. He's fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, in, in, as a rebounder, as a shooter, he's exactly what they needed. Exactly what they needed. Perfect acquisition. Perfect, perfect identification of what they needed, and then a perfect get to bring him in. Fantastic. Just, just fantastic. Uh, the, 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 the rest of this game here, the offense obviously shooting well. I think that the the way that they move the ball is deserving of praise, but I also think that it bears mentioning the fact that when games tighten a little bit on them thus far this season, and when they need just just to go get a bucket, I talked about this after game one, when they need a bucket, they have guys who can do that too. Stephen Ashworth has done that. Sean Bairstow is fantastic at this. He just delivers tough shot after tough shot. It's his primary goal in the offense right now is that he can step in and hit shots when they need him to. Max Schulga does some of this. Like they, They've been really, really good about that, and they did it here as well. The, the game cut down to 13, and then uh, Sean Bairstow went out and I think put up two back-to-back really tough shots and put them in, and then it was right back up to 17, and then before you know it, it was up to 21. Um, the offense has been fantastic. Taylor Funk, like I said, just just excellent. Steven Ashworth has been on fire. Um and then some of the guys who didn't put up as big of stats, but who I was impressed with, Trevin Dorius has been playing really well. Really good game from him here. He was really good against Bradley as well. I'm uh, I'm very happy for him. I, I think that he is really enjoying his his run of form right now. He's playing very well. Um, Ryland Jones is fantastic. He he is 
like Taylor Funk, he is perfect for what this team has, for, for what it needs from its point guard. The way that he passes the ball, the way that he sees the floor, he's so creative, he's so innovative, he's, he's so just thinking outside of the box to make plays happen for his teammates. He sees these passes that nobody else on the court is going to see. He's able to manipulate the defense with very, very subtle things that he does, very subtle movements. He's just so smart. He's so clever with the ball. Um, he is exactly, uh, he, he, he is, if you look up Wiley point guard in the basketball dictionary, it's a picture of him. <laughs> it's a big picture of Rylan Jones. He's so, he's so, he's just so clever. He's so smart with the, with the basketball, eight assists, zero turnovers, nine points. He was three of six shooting. All of them were threes. They were huge threes too. three rebounds, one block, my favorite stat on the sheet here, plus 32. He was plus 32. <laughs> he played 27 minutes. He was plus 32. I don't know if I've ever seen that. That's ridiculous. Plus 32. Dude, that's crazy. The next highest in the game was Taylor Funk at plus 24. Nobody else was above 15. 32. I mean, he was untouchable. When he was on the floor, Utah State was untouchable. The passing was fantastic. The alley-oops were great. The, the, he had a bounce pass on a, drive, on a, uh, on a transition, I think, to, to Bearstow, maybe, where he, he threw it through like three different defenders <laughs> to the baseline where he had a slasher for an easy layup. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful pass. He plays basketball in such a pretty way. It is, uh, it is like the ideal form of a distributing point guard. It's, it's really, really fun to watch that kid play. Um, and then also, he didn't have a great game here. He didn't shoot well. He was 0 of 7. But Zihamoda is, is growing up in front of our eyes right now. I think is the best way to put it. He's growing up in front of our eyes. I hope he's not discouraged by this performance because he was driving to the hoop with confidence. He was doing it without being told. He was doing it just when he saw an opportunity. He is getting a better feel for his place within the offense and what the offense requires of him, which is that he's a he's a good three-point shooter, but also he needs to understand and it, he did in this game. He's 6 foot 7. He has a 7 foot wingspan. It might be bigger than that. He's very talented. He's very quick. He's good with the ball in his hands. He's really difficult to guard. And I, he, when, he, when he drives to the hoop especially, he's really, really, really difficult to guard. And even if he's not hitting layups, his efforts, his, the threat of him, the thought of having to defend him in the post, it absorbs the defense in. It brings them all in, and it sets up those open shots for guys on the outside like Stephen Ashworth, like Max Schulga, like, like Rylan Jones, like Taylor Funk. It, it, is a, it is a spacing miracle cure. It, 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 it is automatically makes the spacing of the team that much better. Any lineup that he's in, if he is a threat to drive with the ball, it is a it instantly fixes any spacing issues that they might have and makes open shots for their shooters. It is tremendously valuable. It's the same thing that Ryland Jones does. Tremendously valuable that they have that coming off the bench from a guy who's not a point guard. 
because Stephen Ashworth is not much for driving to the hoop. He he can do some of it. He will get he's he's good at getting where he wants to go, but he's not very big. He doesn't do a ton of finishing at the rim. And to have Zihamoda in that second unit being able to do that is so 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 valuable. It is huge for the offense. I really can't say it enough. It's huge for the offense to have that. It's a reason that it's been a focus. Um, they they are just they're they are well aware of how important that is to have that to to have him doing that. Um, elsewhere on the on the team, I thought Dan Akin was great. Uh, obviously, five of seven, thirteen points, five boards. He's been really good. Um, but the the other thing here, and I'm writing about this for the for the film review this week, It'll be up Wednesday. Um, the other thing is is defensively, and Santa Clara had seventy four points in this game, but they shot forty percent. They 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 you know that's 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 not bad. Utah State won the rebounding battle. Utah State had 12 steals, forced 13 turnovers. Utah State had 25 assists to those to to its its own nine turnovers, which is ridiculous. That's an absurd assist to turnover ratio. Cannot really do any better than that. Had four blocks. Um, largely was able to defend without fouling. Didn't have a ton of issues with 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 fouls. It wasn't perfect, but it it wasn't as bad as it probably could have been. Um, but the thing that really stood out to me here. Let me see if there's a pronunciation guide for this kid. You all know where I'm going already, but I want to because I've been trying to say it for like two days now, and <laughs> I just I just can't. Uh, I just can't. My mouth doesn't say it. Let's see. Um, Illinois, do you have a pronunciation guide on here? Hmm. Doesn't seem so. Doesn't seem like they do. Um, Pojimski? Pojimski? Brandon Pojimski? Is that right? We're going to go with Brandon Pojimski. Because that's what the first thing that uh, this first website says. So... Although then Illinois says Podjimski. Hmm. Hmm. Podjimski sounds more right to me. I'm going to go with Podjimski. Regardless, Brandon Podjimski, very good scorer. Very, very naturally talented scorer. Not the best athlete in the world, but an extremely good shooter, good at finding his spots. Runs well off the ball, moves well off the ball in general has a good knack for finding the hoop and, and, and really good range. He adjusts his range really, really well and can hit a lot of difficult shots with a hand in his face. You saw a little bit of that in this game. He had a tough floater, hit a couple threes. Um, I think he had his he had his moments where you could totally see how he put 30 points on each of uh, Santa Clara's first two opponents. In this game, defensively, and like I said, this is what I'm writing about, Utah State put up a a master class in defending a star in defending a, a dangerous scorer the way that they handled him was was perfect it was absolutely perfect and it was perfect on an individual level i can't say enough about max shulga as a defender he's he's so good he's so good as a defender it i mean it's uh, it's it's unfortunate that it's a it's a skill that isn't really quantified in stats so much. There are some that try to do it. Defensive box plus minus is helpful. On off stats can be kind of helpful. 
there are things that sort of attempt to to quantify it, but defense is a difficult thing to quantify because there are stuff that happens that doesn't go in the stat sheet. And going back and watching every uh, offensive possession that that Santa Clara had when he was on the court, um, and and when when Max Schulgo was guarding him, I mean he's just. He's just on him. He's just right on him. This is a really good off-ball movement team. There are screens constantly, and the way that Shula plays it is just tremendous. It is it, the, the the level of uh, Ryan Odom's word was discipline. I think that that's fair. I think that also the level of athleticism needed to do that is unbelievably high. Unbelievably high. The, 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 the degree of difficulty to stick with a kid like that for the entire time that you're on the floor, basically. Max Schulga played 25 minutes, and whenever he was guarding this guy, it was locked down, locked down. He was right on him. He was on his hip. If he was guarding him face up, he was inches from him. This was not, you know, uh, to, to, to use the, the football terminology, this was not off-man coverage at all. He was pressing him. He was pressing him all game. He got right up on him. Stephen Ashworth got right up on him. And they would drop off when he didn't have the ball when the ball was on the other side of the floor because they were playing the passing lanes, which I think was really smart. But the way that they handled it when the ball was working its way towards him and then when he had the ball, the way that they hedged, the way that they that they used their versatile defenders, guys who can guard one through five like Dan Akin, uh, the 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 way that they the way that they did that to sort of shade in just to make sure that there were no open lanes ever there were never open lanes and then on top of that they had the second level of defending which was the off ball defending that didn't need to slide over to help against him when he was trying to drive which was Taylor Funk on most circumstances which is why he ended the game with five steals because he was jumping those passing lanes and he was waiting for them which it was it was like Utah State was running a trap in the half court. It was like they were they were, you know, okay, if you if you got a step on Shulga, here's a second defender who's gonna slide over and stop you. And then we know that you're going to because you're a sophomore and you've never played against a defense like this before, you're gonna stop, you're gonna turn, and you're gonna throw to the guy on the perimeter and Taylor Funk's gonna jump the pass. And it worked every time. It worked every time. It worked every single time. It was perfect. They played him perfectly. They played him completely perfectly. He had he had no chance. In the second half he was demoralized. I mean, he was he, his his legs were gone. He was exhausted, but he was also just like there was no confidence behind his shots. I think he took 5 shots in the second half. They all missed. None of them were really even all that close. His legs were gone. He wasn't getting them under him. They wore him down mentally and physically. It was it, it was really honestly, I, I said as much in the in the free cover story for the for the men's basketball game. If you have not read that, go read that. Um, it was like it's kind of spiteful. It was kind of mean. <laughs> it's kind of mean. I hope that is. I hope that he's like good long term. I hope that this does not damage his season, damage his confidence, because he's a really good player. He's going to be a really good player for them. But they they just picked on him. They picked on him on 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 defense. They embarrassed him in a lot of places. Max Schulga did specifically, but Stephen Ashworth did his job. Rylan Jones did his job. Pretty much whoever was guarding him did their job. They handled him the the correct way. They had lots of help. They were never left on an island. They never put guys in unfair situations defensively. But when they were asking 
guys to handle difficult spots, to handle him one-on-one. They did it. Max Schulga did it, and they did it without fouling. He had uh, four free throws. I think one of them was at least, at least one of them was on a technical foul. It might have been more than that. And that, I mean, yeah, he drew one foul. One foul. So it wasn't just that they were guarding him. They were guarding him, like, objectively the correct way. They were putting up teach tape against this kid who's averaging 30 points a game. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? You're putting up teach tape against the kid who's averaging 30 a game? What? Uh, who are these guys? What are, you, what are you talking about? Are these like the Space Jam aliens? Where did they get this guy? Where did Max Schulga come from? How is he defending like this? How is he so good at defending? It, it, it's crazy. It's crazy how good he's been this year defensively. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed with him. So impressed with him. I did not think that that was going to be the part of his game that stood out to me this year. But he has been so good as a defender, and he was so good in this game. The whole team was so good in this game. They're ruthless. They're just ruthless. They're so much fun to watch, and they're so mean about how they do it. The way that they go on runs, the way that they they rattle off these points. I compared them to Mike Tyson, where it's just sort of picking their spots, and it seems like they're getting a feel for it, but they're, you know, they're still trying to, to pick things out, and they're not. Well, they're, they're, they're not getting a feel for it. What they're doing is they're timing you up. They're figuring out, okay, here's what they're doing when we do this. Here's what they're doing when we do this. And now we're going to go. Now we're going to attack those exact weaknesses that we spent the last two minutes creating. That's what Mike Tyson did when he was young, when he was doing the, 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 the peekaboo-style boxing, where he's ducking under punches, he's getting a feel for the distance, he's, he's closing in. And then you throw the flurry, and it looks crazy. It looks out of control in the moment, but it's not. It's it's completely calculated, and Utah State's runs are the same thing. They're not random. The fact that Utah State goes on a run whenever the game constricts is not just luck. It's not random. They, they, they're planning it. They're, they're scheming it out as they go. They have experienced players who can read those things in the game and who can, can make adjustments, and they have coaches who are recognizing those things and making adjustments. They have been brilliant. In every sense of the word, they've been brilliant so far. I cannot wait to watch them again. They are they are so much fun to watch. They are so much fun to cover. I'm having a blast watching these guys play. I hope that everybody else is too. And I, I hope that the uh, the next time that you have the chance, you will come out and see them at the Spectrum because they're fantastic to watch. Just absolutely fantastic. What a fun basketball team! What an impressive fun basketball team! I think they're going to go. A, I think they're going to go a long way this season. I think that they have a lot that they're going to accomplish this season. I'm very, very excited about them. They they have been spectacular through three games. Spectacular. Against teams that I think are legitimately going to be pretty good this year. Santa Clara is probably the second best team in the, in the WCC. I think Bradley's probably the second best team in the Missouri Valley. Utah Valley, I have less thoughts on, but I think they're totally competent. I think they're absolutely a competent team. Um, it is funny that Utah State is kind of having a, <laughs> a proxy war with BYU right now, leaving a <laughs> leaving a battered body on their porch. Here, your turn. <laughs> That's going to be interesting to see what BYU does against uh, Santa Clara. It's too bad that we don't get to see Utah State against BYU because... I'll tell you right now, they'd win that game, and I don't think it'd be pretty. 
I don't think it'd be pretty. I think Utah State would have some some anger to take out maybe on BYU. I don't think it would go well for the Cougars. <laughs> Based on what I've seen from these two teams right now, it's really too bad that we don't get that this year. But Utah State is doing its best to to send a message, I think, <laughs> with some of the teams that it has played and uh, and beat. I mean, they made a a very very veteran team, a very extremely well coached team, look like a high school team at times. Again, in this game, they're they're fantastic, fantastic team. I uh, I, I got to stop talking about them because if I don't, I'll just go forever. Uh, last thing, football team football team it's crazy that we are in mid to late november and the football team is last on the podcast but if i'm being honest and this is uh why the film review isn't on football this week it's why it wasn't a film review last year or jesus last week um if i'm being honest i i kind of get it with the football team i sort of i think they just are what they are at this point you know, and I, I get it. I, I think I've maybe, I don't know if I want to say that I've seen enough. Cause like, I don't know. I am interested in the last two games, but I get it. There's not a whole lot more I can say about them at this point. They sort of just are, they just are, you know, <laughs> they just are, they're playing, they're, they're doing their thing. They're, uh, I don't know. The, 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 the football team, I'm just sort of, I don't have a whole lot else to say about them. The, the the Hawaii game was kind of more of just what the whole season has been. And I don't have any reason to think that it won't be that at this point. It seems like that's sort of just what it is. They, they get really close to making big plays defensively, to getting the pressure defensively to get sacks, and they don't get there because there's no help underneath, and so the cornerbacks have no hope of playing man coverage. Uh, in time for 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 long enough for the pressure to get home, and they're blitzing for no good reason, not a really a, a valuable reason to blitz. They're getting home with three; they don't really need to send seven, um, and so they're doing that, and that doesn't really make sense. And they're putting cornerbacks in bad positions. Ike Larson's fantastic, still he is the best player on the defense. Um, should be, I mean, seriously, should be considered for a Mountain West, all Mountain West team at the end of the year, and not just the freshman team. He's going to, he should be the freshman of the year. I don't know if they give that out, but he is the best freshman in the conference. Um, he's fantastic, but the, the the defense still doesn't really feel like it fully understands what it has with the talent on the defensive line and doesn't fully lean into that. You can trust those guys to get home. You don't need to send extras. You can you can help your cornerbacks. You're without your starting cornerback right now, and Ajani Carter. It might be worth helping those guys in the, across the middle, um, which Hawaii took advantage of pretty much all night, uh, and that was where a lot of the big passing plays came from. Offensively, it's the same. I mean, it's it's like I said, I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. It's the same. It is what it has been. I feel like I have done. I I think I have said whatever I can say about them at this point it's not changing it's not different it's not like oh they did this new thing i think they kind of are they've done it they've sort of done what they're gonna do um and so i just uh, i'm sorry if this is a downer if this is not sufficiently talking about the team if i'm just being a, a bummer for the sake of it maybe i am but i personally i don't know what else i have to say about them I mean, they, they are what they are i think they might get to a bowl game That'd be good. I think they probably are deserving of a bowl bid. They have been good enough down the stretch to earn a bowl bid, but 
the, the the limitations that have existed and that existed in week zero are still largely the same. It's pretty much the same stuff. And, and I, I feel just sort of like at peace with it. And I don't know what else I can say about it. You know, I, I can, I can only write about how the offense feels kind of disjointed and weird so many times, I guess, and, or, you know, how the defense is struggling with gap discipline for its younger players. I, I, I just, I don't know. I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out of ideas for it. I, I think that it is, I think that a lot of people are in that place with the football team right now, especially with how well the basketball team is playing. Uh, the men's basketball team, I, I think that, uh, I think that attention has shifted a little bit from the football team, fair or not. I think that attention has shifted a little bit and that it has been, it has been difficult at times down the stretch to really get super invested in anything that they're doing because it does all sort of just feel like a, like a, like a slog a little bit. Like it's just, you know, even the wins, the wins have not, there's not really been a satisfying moment for Utah state this season. The air force win was great. And I think that that would probably be the one that you'd point to, but I mean, a lot of it is just even the wins have just been like, well, okay, yeah, that was, yeah, sure. You you beat you beat Colorado State and you didn't do it very well, but you did it. You beat New Mexico, but you didn't. You say the same thing about all four of those games, except for the or all three of those games. Uh, the Air Force game obviously being excluded because that was a good win against a good team. But I, I just I think we get it at this point. I think I've seen it. I think I've seen it. I, I, I get it. And I'm interested to see what they do against the two, uh, probably the two best teams on the schedule that aren't Alabama, I think, these this week. I still don't believe in Wyoming, as an aside. Um, or Boise. Which <laughs> so I'm probably wrong on at this point. I think it's it's probably safe to say that I'm wrong on that. I believe in their defense. Um, but uh, I'm interested in that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what that looks like. But... There's only so much I can say about the Hawaii game that wouldn't just be what I said about the other games that are the same game. Uh, you know, it was a higher scoring version of that same game. Uh, shout out to Ike Larson; he's fantastic. He's a he's a fantastic, fantastic player. I thought Calvin Tyler played pretty well. I thought some of the stuff that they did with the tight ends getting involved in the passing game, the running backs getting involved, was encouraging. I don't know why it took this long to do that, but I was glad to see that. Um, but as for for wholesale wholesale changes or things like that, there aren't any. They are what they are. Um, I'm I'm just sort of I don't know. You can only watch Justin McGriff not run her out so many times before you get kind of tired of talking about it. <laughs> That's mean. I'm sorry. That's mean. I'm sure he's a very nice man. But, boy, he doesn't like to run his routes or block. I don't know. I, uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do this weekend. I'll have, uh, I'll have a preview. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe people are. Maybe people disagree. Maybe you guys are still still very much invested and interested. It doesn't feel like it, but maybe I am. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe I'm misguided on this. Personally, though, I just I don't know what else I can say about them. I think I've made my point pretty clear on a lot of the stuff. I think that it has played out in a way that that was pretty much what I said in a lot of the film uh, film reviews back earlier on in the season. I think that a lot of that has just remained, and and so I'm sort of. I don't know what else I could do at that point. I don't know what else I can say. I don't have anything insightful. I don't have anything new. It's just, you know, here's what I wrote in September. It's still true, you know. So hopefully that's sufficient. Hopefully that's satisfactory. I'm sorry that I don't have more on the football team. I just, I don't have thoughts. I don't have anything to say on it. It was, you know, a horrible experience having to watch that broadcast. It was just awful 
setup that they have there on that that stupid little app. Um, get a real TV partner, your Division One program. Grow up, grow up. This can't be your TV partner. This is not a real outlet. This is an app that hides the Hawaii game behind five different Minnesota State women's hockey games. It's not even a good program. <laughs> if you're going to show Big Ten or W, what? Shoot, I just call. I just covered them. Oh, what is the conference called? Mm, that's going to drive me nuts. Let me see. <sighs> Got a tangent here. The the hockey conference, the women's hockey conference is called, I just covered it at Ohio State. Um, oh, of course, there's no no information on the matter. That would be That would be too helpful. Let me see. Let me go back to last year. Let me see. Now I need to know. Can't help myself. Now I have to know. The WCHA. That's right. There are better WCHA teams than Minnesota State. If you're going to have games shown from the WCHA, you need to go to Columbus. The WCHA runs through Columbus. Everybody knows this, obviously. And they got that going on ahead of the Hawaii-Utah State football game. You've got one Division One product on your entire application, and it's three pages deep. Grow up. <laughs> that was ridiculous. We've got the down and distance up there maybe half the time. Jeez, man. Come on. It's got to be better than that. You've got to be able to put up something better than that. It can't be that hard to have an app that has games on it. It can't be that hard to put Hawaii... First, it's the only product that anybody on the uh, would care about. Why would anybody else have this? Nobody's on here for Division Four hockey. Nobody cares. <laughs> They're here for the football game. Don't bury it four pages deep. I shouldn't have to tell you guys this stuff. Come on. Come on. Ridiculous. It was a ridiculous experience watching that game. I, I found myself really struggling to stay invested with how distracting everything about the broadcast was. <laughs> There's my thought. There's my succinct thought on the game. The broadcast was awful. The whole experience of watching the broadcast was just awful. Awful. Fix it, guys. You're a Mountain West program. You should have the money and the wherewithal to have an actual television provider. It shouldn't be that hard for you. Just stream it on your own website. <laughs> Come on. You can't be doing this. Oh, man. All right. Well, I've been mean for, for my uh, required period of time in this podcast. I've gone for way longer on this than I intended to. As I had a lot to say. Hopefully it made sense. Hopefully I didn't come off like an asshole. Um, I try not to do that, but I, I have that tendency sometimes. I think I know more than I do. Um, so my apologies if I did. Hopefully this was valuable. Hopefully this was uh, in some places intelligible and, and uh, worth listening to. And if not, uh, I apologize. It's better if you go to www.theagaship.com. I promise I'm not annoying there. I just do regular stuff. I do regular content. It's good. You'll like it if you like the Aggies. Uh, you will like the content. www.theagaship.com. Um, and on that note, uh, I'm going to go to the gym. I'll see you guys for the preview.